Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to come in this community and get around the Word of God. So exciting. Thank you. Thank you for uh, turning on this broadcast, being part of this today, and certainly we're prayed up and all that ready to go with you. With me is my dear friend, Kevin Robb. You'll remember Kevin. Kevin and I did a few weeks back, a couple months back, and uh, he's back with me. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great, Doug. Excited to be here. Well, that's good news. So Kevin is coming in. He's in Texas. He's right outside of Dallas right now. And and uh, so we're excited that we go halfway across the country here for this podcast tonight. And, <laughs> and Kevin, as you know, we have a have a word of the day. And uh, so every time we go into this, we have a word of the day. And today's word is broken. So I actually found a 135-word vocabulary list uh, for PTSD. And we just kind of been going through it. Uh, you know, things like insecurities and, and, and guilt and survivor's guilt and all that. And today's word is broken. And uh, boy, to have a broken spirit, not necessarily a broken arm or a broken leg, but I think it's even worse sometimes when you have a broken spirit. The Bible says, so David here in Psalm 51, we, we know that Psalm 51 is that great psalm that deals with uh, David admitting he was broken and he messed up and the mistakes he made and all that stuff. And he says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. And, uh, uh, I mean, here's David coming to the Lord. He, he wishes he could give him more. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if you read through verse 51 and when we're not doing that in exegetical study right now, we're in Proverbs, but there's so much to see going on with, uh, David there. And David saying, I wish I had more to give you God, but I haven't been all I should be. And, and, and can I be honest with you folks? And, and, uh, I haven't given God all I should give him. I haven't been all I should be. And that's, you know, that's why we're here today. That's why we're doing what we do. And so you hear that word broken. Certainly, Kevin, you've been there. You've been broken. You've been hurting. And what comes to your mind when you hear that word broken? Man, the, the reality, you know, you mentioned all these words, uh, however many words, that you counted 138 or something like that um, for, for, for kind of breeds of, of hurt and uh, broken is, is certainly one of those that really tells what, what happens to us when we're traumatized and we're, we're left, you know, what we're just not what we were. We're, we're in pieces. We're, um, we're, we're to the point that we feel like what was will never be back together because if let's face it, if, um, if you took a picture and broke it, you know, a, a clay pitcher, a clay pot and broke it, you know, if it could talk, what would it say? It'd say, I'm through, I'm done. Yeah. You know, there's no way I'll ever be what I was, but what came to my mind is how often in God's word, he deals with broken things, you yeah. know, he, he uses them. Um, you know, you talk about the vessel that's ruined, you know, marred there in, in, uh, 
Jeremiah 18 that says the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. And, um, but you know, there's that next phrase that says, and so he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter. Hmm. And, um, he's just, you know, it's just like, I guess the Lord's never done. Right. No, no. He, we, we're still the clay. Praise God. And he stole yeah. the potter. The problem is the clay doesn't have enough sense to get on the potter's wheel. And uh, boy, oh. you, you just, you just made that. That's so apparent to me. That's so real. That's so evident. What you just said is we need to uh, be the clay and to be, you know, clay is no good until you put it in the hands of the potter. And uh, mm. boy, you just hit that, you know, a, a broken pot, a broken heart. You know, there's a lot go, And I know that new England accent came out there praise god but i gotta tell you at the <laughs> end of the yeah at the end of the day kevin you know when we're looking at all this when things are going the way they are when life is upside down and you're broken you know it's time to go back to the master it's time <clears throat> it's time to go back and be reshaped and uh, I don't know about you, brother, but some of the greatest servants, some of the best people, some of the most godly, wonderful people I've ever met my entire life, brother, have been those people who've been broken multiple times. Yeah, yeah. In fact, early on in my uh, ministry to the military, I remember going to a meeting way down in southern uh, southern Louisiana, Homa, Louisiana, Homa, yeah, H H O U M A, way down there, <laughs> where where they, you know, the I can't, I don't know if they're Creoles or if they're Cajuns, but they talk funny. Hey man, um, and they eat yeah, a lot of fish. But, praise God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of crawfish. Yeah, <laughs> if they get them out of their yard, I think. But no, uh, I remember him asking me. Uh, he was kind of evaluating me as a missionary and he asked me a weird question. I thought he said, he said, have you been to wits End corner yet? And I just said, excuse me, what does that mean? <laughs> and, and he explained it. He just said, before God uses, before God uses him. And he told me some story about him, but he said, before God will use you or anyone, we have to come to wits end. Oh. And, and he was, he was referring to Psalms coming to our know, wits and yeah, yeah, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, brother, uh, the only barrier we have in the English language is other English speakers. I, I can remember, I can remember going from Germany when we were in the army and taking a vacation to London, England with our young family years ago. And uh, I remember the boys and stuff, and we got to the hotel, and this lady was from Scotland or somewhere back in uh, the middle of nowhere. But they have different accents over there in, in Great Britain, yeah. <laughs> just Broke like we do some here. Of them and, yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, thank God she could speak German because I could not understand her <laughs> English. I mean, I did. I didn't know where she was going. I asked her for a new towel, and I, I think she thought I said something bad, or I thought she said oh. something bad. It was just, and uh, so, so and she just started laughing, yeah. and she, she asked me in German, "Do you understand me?" And I said, "No, no clue." And uh, it, it was just kind of funny. And she, oh, I've got an accent, you know. And she, she toned it down a little bit, but it was like it was like a bad radio show. I mean, it was just like try to understand me, you know, everybody 
everybody over here try and understand me and and everybody's like i can't you know it's like the army you know they have this communication module and one of the things they do kevin is they'll they'll load 15 people on a stage and they'll go to the end person that's kevin and the other end person is doug and they'll go to kevin and there'll be 13 people between kevin and doug and they'll say kevin tell doug to meet you at 1700 at the chow hall for roast beef and by the time it goes through all those layers of people and it came out to me it's like uh uh you know the dog wants chow at seven o'clock tonight or something i mean <laughs> you know communications yeah. are important they're vital and wow uh but you're right have we got to wit and that old pastor had that right and it's, it's great news over there in psalm 147 3 where he said he healed the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds brethren he can heal you right now. All you have to do is bow that head and and uh, uh, and give yourself, give that clay to the master. He can he can go in and rework those hurts that people have given you, those breaks that you've felt, those times when you haven't done the things you can. Give them to the master. And uh, Kevin, when you give them to the master, boy. Whew. Yeah, yeah. He'll yeah, he he uses things. Uh, it seems like. He, he breaks them to use them or he molds or mends them or rather he mends the ones that are broken yeah. so that he can use them. And, and I mean, there's two sides to this thing. So if I'm broken, if I, if I've got a PTSD issue going on, which many, many people do, I just talked to someone today that's dealing with it. He lost a, he lost a, uh, oh. a daughter in a car accident. Oh. Um, his wife was, was just about lost. And, um, and he says he's still dealing with that, but, but anyway, uh, you know, God mended him back up and turned, turned him loose oh. in a way that God, uh, saved a lot of people as a result of that. But then on the other hand, sometimes God wants to, and I'm thinking about the times in the scriptures, like the bread that Jesus, um, took and broke or the, the alabaster box that the, that the woman broke. Sometimes we need to, 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 to wind up. And, you know, as it were to, to, uh, be broken and, and stay broken, um, uh, I guess is the best way to put it where we have this yeah. um, attitude where, you know what, I am traumatized. I, I hurt I, and, and I, and I hurt and I, and I realize uh, God's given this cross to me that God, God's allowed this. And I'm, I'm always going to be someone who, um, went through this thing and, because of that, I'm going to be able to help people because God's comforting me. In other words, I don't have the assurance that things are going to be like they were before. God's rewriting it. The bread is has been broken, and so now I'm in multiple places. I'm, I'll never be what I was, but I'm I'm broken. I'm like the bread in the hands of the multitude, or I'm like the alabaster box that you know. Hey, uh, I've facilitated through my breakage. I'm yeah. facilitating. Um, you know, this wonderful aroma. Wow. And we're going to hit that aroma here in a minute. And, uh, wow. Hey folks, this is what I know. I know that God does a work and he does, uh, he does a work through all of us. And sometimes his best work is done for those of us who've been glued back together and placed back together. And I wonder if when we get to heaven, we're going to have a biblical x-ray of all those breaks and all that brokenness. And boy, we're going to run into people who broke us and hurt us. And they're not going to bother us a bit. And uh, God loves us <laughs> so much. And Hey folks, listen, hang on for a minute. Let's let the radio stations do what they do best. We'll be right back.
Well, praise God. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And, you know, Kevin, here we find ourselves in the 27th proverb in verse number nine as we continue on. And right away, it's talking about ointment and perfume. Rejoice the heart. So that's the sweetness of a man's friend to hearty counsel. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty evident thing that ointment and perfume can make things smell pretty good. I, I know that years ago, I had this weird fascination or hookup with Chanel number no. five and Debbie. So I bought my sweet bride some Chanel number five and she'd put a little bit on her neck. And I've got to believe that was the best scent on God's green earth, man. It did my heart well. And then it says in the, and, and, and it goes on and it's talking, it changes direction here in that Hebrew poetry. And it says poetry, it says, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty console. And, uh, uh, boy, you know, hearty console can be sweet. It can be a great delight. It can make a difference in your life. Uh, boy, like a, a, a wonderful smell in Chanel number no. five or old spice or whatever your thing is. And even better than that, man, is this, this whole sweetness of a man's friend and hearty console and love and console and care and console. And boy, I don't know about you, but I need those types of friends in my life, Kevin. I mm. want that console. That's like an ointment. That's like a sweet smell. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, um, I'm just thinking that, that, you know, this verse, as many of the Proverbs, sets up a cool little uh, analogy, and um, it's more or less saying as ointment and perfume, as these, you know, as these great aromas rejoice the heart. I mean, how can you explain how Chanel Number no. 5 does that? But it, <laughs> that's the way that oh. the aromas do, you yeah. know? Um it can be food, it can be whatever, but, um, but it says it, like that rejoices the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. So hearty counsel is like the perfume. In other words, um, my sweetness, um, is increased when I meet someone with hearty counsel and that's what I get out of it. And so, you know, to apply that a little bit, if, if I want to be a help to somebody or uh, if I want to, if someone's been through something and, and they suddenly open up, you know, when you're talking to someone about something that bothers you, if they've just already spring loaded with a pat answer and they want to just shoot back some, and it may be a great thing. We, we all, we've all sat down and talked to someone who had a, um, you know, just kind of a, a scripted mindset about, how, okay, this guy's suffering with this. So here's my answer. And, and so I'm going to give you counsel. And uh, you walk out feeling like, you know, you've got a stack of papers and a Band-Aid and an aspirin or, an, or a, a Motrin, and there's nothing, you know, to, to take with it. But isn't it so good when you get hearty counsel? In other yeah. words, someone, someone's just sweet about it. And, and they speak to your need with that aroma of, um, you know, the, the sweetness that they are exuding with this hearty counsel is, oh. you know, you just can't turn it on and you can't turn it off. It's just like, I'm going to listen and then I'm going to say a little bit. And what I say is going to be reassuring. God's got this. And brother, I'm, you're, you're the person to speak about this. You, you're, you've got hearty counsel <laughs> ingrained in you. God's given you that uh, empathy. 
Well, thank you. I know there's many that probably would not say that, but I think, you know, the question we should ask ourselves is, can we be that person today? Can we be that hearty counselor to someone else? And uh, certainly God gives us the Holy Spirit and all we need to do that. And and I love that. I, I love the way we talked about that verse. And then we get to that next one and it says, uh, and, and I love verse 10. I love them all. You know, I get to every verse. It's like, it's like hymns, brother. This is my favorite Bible verse. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite, except for, you know, thy own friend and thy father's friend forsake not, neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. And, and uh, boy, I got to tell you, we should hold very dear these bonds of friendship. We should hold these people who we love and care. Brother, I'll tell you, losing a friend is like, uh, I, I mean, I mourn that. You know, when you lose a sweet, godly friend that's been there that you can entrust, uh, you know, or you lose a friend of your dad's. I mean, I look back at mm-hmm. my life and, and there were friends of my parents that, that changed my life, Kevin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were people that I could trust. Man, if I, if I needed something, those were the people. That gas station that I went to get my car fixed back when gas stations used to fix cars was the same yeah. one my parents went to. You know, mm-hmm. the places I bought cars were the same ones they bought cars. It, but then this verse gets to a place that says, don't forsake those friends. Don't forsake those people. And uh, then when that day of calamity comes, you got this neighbor, you got this friend who's right here. Uh, you know, don't forget them. They're good for advice. They're right here. We don't have to travel far. Uh, and you know what, folks, I, I believe this with all my heart. I think sometimes when calamity comes, we get life wrong. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're driving down the road and in this journey called life and, and we're doing everything we should. And we have people who are advising us and stuff. And, and, uh, we have our pastors and our churches and all this great, awesome stuff going on. And then all of a sudden calamity strikes in for some reason, Kevin, it, it seems like we swerve the car right into a telephone pole. Sometimes we just drop everything that's been good in our lives, uh, because calamity has struck or because of this great change in our life. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, and God's saying, don't do it. There's been a lot of shipwrecks made because someone went through something and made a uh, decision to get counsel through blood, you know, counsel through a relationship. You know, in other words, they fall back on some, uh, some counsel that maybe they grew up with because, well, you know, okay, here I am growing in church. I'm, I'm, I'm serving God. I've got a great ministry and, and great connectivity to my to, 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 to the, to the ministry, to, to the church, whatever. But now I'm going to suddenly, because I'm going through, we, I've seen it ministering to soldiers over the oh, years. Yeah. You'll see a soldier come in, they'll get saved. The wife gets saved, whatever. And they start growing. They're teaching their kids, right? They go through a financial problem and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, or it might not be financial. It might be a physical problem, but all of a sudden, you know, they run back to blood. That happens a lot when the soldiers deploy oh, the wife you bet. who loves God. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with her going back to live with her parents during the deployment. It's, you know, sometimes I've, I've even counseled people to do that, but, um, you know, again, they get around, you know, what's it say? Uh, better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. And these people that have been near to you spiritually and in, 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 in more recent days, many times are going to 
are going to be a source of getting, I think, in a better direction than to fall back on some old relationship, even if it's a brother, you know, or a, a, a parent even. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I, I agree. And I think sometimes we used to counsel folks the same way. You know, it's good to go home if your folks are right. And you, and you got a good church. Yeah. It's not good to go home if your folks are a train wreck. And, uh, you, you know, and you could, there's a simple litmus test for this. You know, if everybody in town's talking about your family, your folks are a train wreck. If you <laughs> if your folks have not, so, you know, what redneck stories we could almost call this, Kevin. Uh, if, you know, I mean, you could make a poster up of this stuff just so people could give themselves a litmus test. You know, if you're, if your folks are not serving God and not in a good church and, uh, and you know, boyfriend or girlfriend are living in a house and, and stepbrothers and stepsisters and, and, and there's alcohol and there's drugs and, and boy, we could make a whole list on this kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is it's, it's, you know, sometimes those close neighbors and friends, those, those people in that church, I agree 100% with Kevin. If you got a, if you got a young lady whose husband's deploying or a young man whose wife's deploying and they got great parents and a great church at home, do it, save yourself a few bucks. You don't have your parents as support. But if you're short of that, boy, you just stay there at that church and throw yourself into it. We, we made a decision early on in our military career, two things. We, we said two things coming. As soon as we got married, I, you know, first thing I said is I'm not going anywhere that my wife can go unless she goes with me period. So I understand if the, you know, if the army says, you know, you're going to Afghanistan or Poland or Czech and there's no way at all. My wife can go, Hey, I get that. I got that. Check the block. I'm okay with that. I totally understand that. And and that's fine. But if I'm going to a six month long school in El Paso, Texas, the wife and kids are in tow because this is what I know. You know, absence does not make the heart grow fonder. And uh, boy, the devil wants to tempt people. And uh, I want my wife with me. You know, I need my wife's encouragement. I need my wife's uh, wifiness, man. I need, <laughs> you know, sure. those things, wifeness, those things she does. I mean, well for me and looks out for me. Hey, have you eaten enough? Are you doing okay? And, you know, uh, yeah. those, man, we need each other. And, uh, and it, boy, these times, they almost escape us. But, Kevin, if you were to wrap up this idea of broken, going back there, and remember David's standing there. We got about a minute, and he, he, he said, God, all I have is a broken and contrite heart right now. And I was thinking about that as we come to the closing of this, Brother Kevin. Isn't that all that God ever wanted from us anyway is our hearts? Yeah. He just wants all of our spirit, doesn't he? He does. He does. And thy calamity, thy trauma, that just like the scripture said, goes so well with brokenness. You know, when God takes us to wit's end corner and we're suddenly broken, things are never going to be the way that they were before. You know, that's where God says, all right, this is the beginning of the 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 new chapter that's going to be the best chapter if like you said we put it in the hands of god which honestly the the fact is it often takes being broken to get there yeah you got that right folks listen we sure do love you folks we'd love to talk to you about a whole bunch of stuff get a hold of me at doug at wounded spirits.com at help for wounded spirits make sure you go out there and say hi to kevin at kevin rob r-a-u-b out there on facebook we sure do love you folks we'll see you real soon may god bless you hey we're the smile that only god can give you thank you
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.